0: You're listening to the Lead to Think podcast, a podcast that brings together and inspires small business owners in the salon, spa, and fitness space to be empowered in their everyday decision-making. My name is Lauren Gish. I'm best known for being a coach and strategist in small business. I'm also a salon owner in Nashville, Tennessee. We're going to be talking about key strategies to keep you from being overworked, overwhelmed and drowning in debt to being rested in control of your business and more than profitable. I'll be sitting down with industry experts and business owners that are just like you to discuss the lessons they've learned and the strategy that's helped them build and survive the roller coaster that is small business.
1: Welcome everyone to this episode of season two. I'm excited to reintroduce you to Joshua, he was a guest last season and I thought he would have more to say this season on growth and embracing discomfort and making it work for you. So Joshua, would you reintroduce yourself to our audience?
2: Yes, I would. Thank you so much for having me on again this uh, season. So, I'm Joshua Pennington. I work for a distributorship of hair products, and I'm a salon consultant for them. And then I'm also a real estate agent here in the Nashville, Tennessee area.
1: So, you've got your hands and all kinds of stuff right now
2: going. I on. do. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I really like to embrace the discomfort. <laughs>
1: So what some of you might not know, and I talked about this a little bit last season, is that Joshua actually hired me. And so when I became a stylist at the salon that I now own, he did my first interview and so and convinced my business partner to hire me, <laughs> which is amazing. So yeah, we just have a funny history together and I've gotten firsthand to see some of the things that Joshua is going to be talking about today and really how he's embraced growth in his life. And so Joshua, what what are you going to want to share with us
2: today? You know, I think the one thing I really feel like I that can relate to a lot of people out there is I'm somebody that is not a super social person. Like I am not not somebody that just goes out there and starts striking up random conversations with people. And so when I left, you know, your salon, I took a job where that was it. Like I went and went into new places and stroked up new conversations with people. And what I felt was like this discomfort, like a great, great discomfort. Cause I was going against everything that was, that was me, like who I was. And so I had to find a way to work around that. So what do you do to grow? You do the thing that you hate doing over and over and over again. (laughs) So it it was interesting. I mean, you got to see that. I think we talked a lot about that and how some days I would, I literally would pull up to places and be like, I can't go in here today. Really? Did you ever
1: turn? Did you ever just turn around?
2: Oh, yeah, completely. I literally pulled up to places and I would be like, (laughs) God. (laughs) I can't deal with this person today, or I can't, like, I can't go in here. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, What did you, I want to take a second and ask you, like, when you had those moments of discomfort, like, what did that feel like for you? Like, what did you, what thoughts did you have? What did it feel like in your body? Because that's different for everyone when they're like, I cannot, like, what did that mean?
2: So for me, it was literally a feeling in my chest where it was like, it just like fell down into my stomach where I was like, Ooh, (laughs) um, and like my head was just like, Oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I can't do this. Like, I felt like I couldn't emotionally take that on. Mm -hmm. Like my anxiety was at a point where I like knew I couldn't go in there. Yeah. And so what I had to do, I mean, I had to go and start building relationships. And so I just started going into places with the hopes of building a relationship with somebody and getting to know them.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's
2: really when I started seeing growth.
1: Did that help that feeling? Like when you reframed that for yourself and said, okay, I'm just going to look at this like building relationships. Did you still feel that like weight in your chest and anxiety or did it help with that?
2: It helped with that. Like, it didn't go away. Like, I, you know, the anxiety is always there. Mm-hmm. But I was able to do, go into it knowing, like, okay, I'm here to talk to these people and just meet them, basically. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there to sell them anything at the moment. Because, to be honest, I'm a terrible salesperson because I don't like selling. <laughs> like, I'm a relationship builder, and I'm like, let me help you fix your problems. What are your problems? Let's fix those. Mm-hmm. And so once I had that focus, I just felt a lot better because I knew I was helping people. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like a sleazy car salesman or I didn't feel like I was just schlepping shampoo. Mm
1: -hmm. I was
2: there with a purpose to help people. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a good friend that was like, every time you walk in the door, it's like hope walks in. And so that's my, that's my go-to thing is like, how can I deliver hope to these people? And once I did, I saw huge growth in my business. Like -hmm. when I started being relationship focused, I mean, I think in my first six months to a year, I think the territory increased about 32%. Mm -hmm. huge.
0: That's
2: Um, huge. This market's already been established for a long time. So to then do that, and a lot of it was from referrals, because mm-hmm. people had relationships with me, I saw that really big in Bowling Green, Kentucky, where my business almost quadrupled in a matter of months because I had two people that were re- referring people to me,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it just blew up, so you know that's how I worked through it. So I think we have to look back and see how we can kind of reframe it, uh-huh, kinda of make it a little bit more comfortable,
1: yeah. Because I would say for, I mean, anyone that's listening, they're selling something, whether it's, you know, they're selling, they could be selling Botox, they could be selling a fitness program, they could be selling shampoo. And it's never about the item that you're selling when you get down to it at all. Never. And so I think that's where we get hung up is we think like, oh, does this mean I'm like a shampoo salesman? Does this mean I'm this? Because I never meant to do that. And I think that people get really hung up on that idea and it makes them so uncomfortable. They like freeze and then they don't talk about it at all. When in reality, people need fitness. They probably need some Botox and (laughs) they need shampoo, right? So I love that reframe. So, what would you say now with COVID and all of that, you had an opportunity to overcome that and create relationships? So in 2020, how did you see that sustain your business? Because relationships were the foundation of them now, right? You had time yeah, kind to of prepare?
2: Mean, I, so right now, I'm not really going into salons just because the cases have been rising. You know, they're starting to go down a little bit more now. But it's a lot of mine was like constantly checking in with my accounts, whether it was a text. Um, It wasn't always to the owner. Sometimes it was just with the person that, you know, my point of contact. So that could be a manager or just somebody that was at the front desk. And then being in constant communication on socials as well as through emails and just building that relationship like, hey, how are you doing? Not how your business is doing, but just checking in and being real with people like, how are you doing? And letting them know also how you're you're feeling. In 2020, I had massive growth. I can attribute that 100% to the relationships I built Mm -hmm. before last year.
1: Mm -hmm. I remember you and I, once we could finally go somewhere, we went and got margaritas outside. You remember that? (laughs) We social distance and drink margaritas outside. And you were talking about how much your business had grown how much less you were doing and I just was like it's because you make people feel like you care about them and the last thing that someone wants when they're going through a ton of stuff is to have to make a new relationship or be called on by a salesperson like you want the person that you know is gonna like hear you and see you for where you're at like you don't have time to build new trust in the midst of nonsense you know completely Yeah, it was amazing though. I remember just talking with you and you being like, I kind of feel like, is this okay? Like, is it okay that I'm seeing this much growth in the middle of this? And I was like, yeah, because you're like the person people need right now to talk to and to make sure they're supporting, they're supported. And so do you have any, I know you probably don't want to give like names or specifics, but do you have any stories you could like tell about a client that maybe they've seen growth because of the way you've, changed your thinking. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay.
2: So yes. So I have a stylist that came on to me. It was probably just a couple months before the pandemic. It was probably like December of 2019 Mm -hmm. and maybe January of 2020. And she hadn't really done a lot of retail or sales before with that. And so we didn't have a big relationship. Before all of this started, because you know what, it was like mid March when everything kind of shut down, and it's like, oh gosh, how can I do that? So, I talked with her on like creating ways of like, hey, how can we keep you on top of mind of your clients and also you letting them know and building a relationship? Because that's what I had done. I build a relationship with my people. So that's how I knew I could help her grow because she was going out on her own for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so while we, t- we strategize and she came up with a plan and alongside me, and we said that she was going to show up. She was going to show up on socials, do some hair tutorials on how to look good for Zoom, And she also really focused on like finding a solution on how clients could get their products. Mm. So now she's a loyal client to me. Like she's not going anywhere and she tells other people about me. So that's somebody else. I I have referring people to me. Um, And anytime she has a problem, like I'm the first person she thinks of. Mm -hmm. And it's just been great. Like, I think there's a lot of people that did really well during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And if they didn't, they started doing well towards the end of last year
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because they
2: did stay in contact as people have started coming out more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It seems like you're just seeing that theme of like how important relationships
2: are. 100%.
1: Yeah. It's amazing. It's so cool. So Joshua, you managed a large retail cosmetics store for a while and had staff under you and it was very corporate and their stores all over the country. And so you went from kind of corporate big business where you had everything coming from the top down to working in a small business to then assisting small businesses and being a small business yourself. And so there's so many things that we could unpack there, but what I want to know from you is in the way that you had to grow and learn how to sell in different areas did the corporate stuff cross over? Did you have to relearn? What did you see as the biggest difference between those?
2: The, the two biggest differences between like the corporate role I had and being more like in with small businesses and helping small businesses would be that relationships are much more important in small businesses. Mm-hmm. I definitely mm-hmm. see that more and more as well as the people that help small businesses And then, but one thing I would say that being in a more, um, working for a big corporation is that it taught me how to use systems. And so that's what I try to bring into small businesses because, I mean, especially in the beauty industry, people just don't have a business degree to necessarily start a business. And that probably goes the same for any health and wellness business. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we have a craft and we're good at it. And then, we open up a space and bring other people under us. Yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know, there's great businesses out there. You've have got a great business that's seeing great profitability. And I see a lot of those, but it's so that's what I try to bring into the people that I help. And I think giving finding those resources on how you can implement systems because that creates a more consistent experience for Mm -hmm. your clients. Mm -hmm. And that ties directly into the relationship. Being on the side I'm on now where I'm helping small businesses, it's helping them kind of find those small little things that they can help. And really, that's just helping me build my relationship with the businesses that I serve.
1: Yeah, that's really good. What is something that maybe you learned in corporate selling that you would never tell a small business to do?
2: So one thing I would never tell a small business to do that I learned in corporate. So being in, you know, in the corporate place I was at, it was, you kind of interacted the same with every client. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Every client is not the same. So I think that's where you have to be more adaptable. So, mm-hmm. like, have a system, but know how you can alter the system depending on who you're with. And I would tell you, like, never be pushy. Don't be pushy. Educate your client, and they will want whatever you're trying to sell them.
1: Mm-hmm. Just
2: educate them and offer it to them.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you can educate them and they can see the distance between what they know and what you know, well, it's all about fine.
2: Yeah. It's all about being an expert.
1: So in closing, I think what I'd love to hear from you today is I know there's some new trends coming into the industry as we come off of COVID and there's some different things that we've seen. And so what are some creative ways that small business owners can embrace some of this change and turn it into growth for their business? Have you seen anyone doing anything that you found really innovative with their clients?
2: So yes, um, subscription boxes. I've seen people that are starting to do those for their their clients so that they can kind of get like a quarterly, you know, something that's a value. So of course, hair industry, you're getting maybe a shampoo conditioner and then you're getting some styling products products that go with it because everybody's still not coming back. Mm -hmm. And if they are coming back, they're not coming back as often because a lot of people are still working from home. And I think we're going to see that where people are maybe extending their services out to just get more longevity because they aren't face to face all the time anymore. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to continue to be something that a lot of industries are going to be changed by. I know in the fitness, it's all about a subscription services for videos and workouts. So I, I signed up for one because I need, I need some help, but going to a gym to be with somebody is not really an option at the moment. So Mm -hmm. it's those as well as being more hands-on and being more one-on-one with people. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Of course, I work with salons and a lot of people, I'm seeing people that were being, you know, they would share a client to where now they're like their single provider. And I think we're going to see a big trend towards that again, where people are especially in the hair industry where you have somebody that cuts and colors. Mm -hmm. But I think we're going to see that where people want to just stay with their person and then keeping socially engaged with your clients. I think Mm -hmm. that's something that's going to grow. Yeah, I'm a social media person and I've had to like overcome that big time. So not because I don't like it or I don't want to or anything. It's just, well, it is because I don't want to, but it's not because I'm not good at it or because I. it's just something out of my realm, but it's something I don't like doing.
1: Is that your Embracing Discomfort 2021, like embracing social that. media? It I is. think that's another, I mean, that's a whole other conversation we could have, but that is something I've thought about a lot is, I mean, I've worked in social media and like different scales and... I like managing it, but me getting out there, putting my face out there, doing it is so uncomfortable. And I've always kind of, like, there's so many people I watch and that I love, but I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm never going to do that. And now I'm like, it's not about the sale though. It's the same thing, like reframing, like it is relational. It's about putting yourself out there in front of people. And it's truly like, it's not about necessarily like the video you're putting out or the information you're putting out. It's about the relationships it's creating and how it's helping people. And I'm, you know, I'm a number six on the Enneagram and I'm super loyal. And so if I feel like something's going to help somebody, I'm like loyal to it. Like I'm like, I have to do it now. Like I have to like aggressively pursue it. So we'll see. We'll see how we both grow on social media. 20,
2: I'm a two. 21. I'm a two. So I'm the helper or the giver. So um, actually, um, so in real estate, just like, kind of like push me even more, because I'm definitely being pushed. It's that I will show up on a consistent basis, live, or at least post a video of me. And so a lot of that's going to be geared towards helping. So helping people, because that's what I Mm -hmm. like to do in relationships is help. Yeah, I think we just have to commit to it.
1: Yeah. So if anyone wants to watch your growth journey in 2021, where can they find you on socials?
2: So on socials, you can follow me at Joshua Sells TN. That's going to be on Instagram or Facebook. Or you can follow me on my hair world, and that's going to be Joshua, the number four, Modern. Um, and you want to reach out, my phone number is 606 706 6157. Or you can always shoot me an email, and that's at Joshua at Modern
1: I mean, if you need a hype man in your corner or if you need someone to help you out or shoot ideas off of that maybe is out of your circle or not someone that you would usually, you know, speak with or ask advice to, Joshua is that person He gives great advice and is really always looking to help. So I want to thank you so much for being on this episode today. And if you haven't heard his last episode, go back to season one and check it out. It was a great one. And I'm sure that you'll be hearing more from Joshua soon. And maybe, who knows, maybe we'll do like a Instagram live or something crazy
0: (laughs) to push ourselves this year. All right. Thank you so much for being on, Joshua. All
2: right. Thank you so much, Lauren, for having me.
0: Joshua is a great example of reframing discomfort. He has seen success through continuously embracing being uncomfortable and just leaning into the relationships in front of him. And that's something I've gotten to watch up close. And it's amazing. Every time I'm like, wow, that seems really uncomfortable or wow, you're you're really leaning into that. He just has this very authentic approach and um, it's been so fun to watch him grow and see that his focus on relationship is truly his success. And we all know the old way, right? The steps around how to work in your business that you learn at the beginning, those core ways to sell what you offer. And one of the biggest things I run into in all industries I work with is how inauthentic people feel doing this feels like a violation of why they went into the industry they chose. A lot of providers feel like they're hitting a wall with their income because they think, or they've been told that those steps are the only way forward. It's the only way you can make more money. And if you don't do those things, you're just going to be where you're at forever. And so I've seen people just resign to it and be like, well, I guess if that's the only way and I don't want to do it, this is just what we're doing." So. I don't believe it's the only way. I think there's other ways. And if you're having trouble with reframing that for yourself and feeling authentic in the way you provide services and making the income you're looking for, here's what I want you to do next. Go to lauren-gish.com. That's G-I-S-H. So lauren-gish.com slash webinar. That's lauren dash gish.com slash webinar, and sign up to watch the webinar. And I'm going to walk you through a five-step game plan that my clients use to go from overwhelmed, overworked, and maybe even drowning in debt to rested in control and more profitable than ever. Even if you are self-proclaimed bad at business or aren't even sure you want to continue on, I've laid it out there in five easy steps. I want to thank you so much for listening today and joining the community of my listeners. I truly believe that we are better
2: together.